This episode of Building Barrels is brought to you by the winds of Barbados. Please excuse their continued interruptions. Welcome. Thanks for dropping in to Building Barrels, where we explore the technology, planning, and development of adventure centers using man-made waves to spread the stoke of surfing. My name is Michael, and I'd like you to join me in learning everything we can about surf park development. Together, we can build barrels in our hometown. Now, in this recap of the Surf Park Summit 2020, we're going to talk about the all-important subject of sustainability. In this panel, we had Katie Rodriguez, who's a journalist and has written on Surf Park sustainability. We had Reese Pacheco, uh, who's the executive director of the World Surf League Pure, and Chad Nelson with the Surfrider Foundation, and Nick Strongsvich, who's the executive director of Save the Waves Coalition. Carl Kish, the co-founder of Stoke, and Jess Ponting, the director for the Center of Surf Research. Right from the beginning, they wanted to kind of give an explanation of what sustainability covers. Not necessarily a definition, but what it entails. And what sustainability entails is the energy usage of a project, the site selection, the water usage, waste management, environmental justice and community justice all that is under the umbrella of sustainability before we get into the meat of the subject they did discuss that different environmental watchdog and sustainability groups have different stances and different viewpoints on what sustainability is and what constitutes good sustainability and i'd like to share just a few of the viewpoints from these groups one surfrider europe they say that the environmental impact of surf parks outweighs their benefits period it kind of sounds like they don't want to see surf parks now surfrider usa however they say that they're okay with surf parks as long as it meets their criteria for approval especially when it comes to the coastal regions and then the save the waves coalition all they're about is protecting the natural waves and so they want to make sure that the surf pool doesn't become a replacement for natural waves. So let's say there's a developer looking at a, uh, a coastal piece of property that has good waves already. They don't want to say, okay, well, we'll just develop this land, get rid of the natural waves and put in a surf park. So they want to make sure that you're protecting the natural waves. So those are just a few of the stances that some of the sustainability groups have currently. Now, what would motivate a surf park to explore sustainability and make it an integral part of their project? Well, one, is the right thing to do. But furthermore, there are going to likely be regulatory requirements, local regulations. There's going to be public pressure. There's the public expectation that the surf park is going to be sustainable or businesses sustainable in general. Consumers expect the business to be responsible and have environmental sustainability initiatives. And it's a good practice to take sustainability seriously. Some potential customers may not visit at all if you're not adhering to sustainability practices. And additionally, businesses that do take on social or environmental responsibility, they are rewarded by repeat customers, loyalty, and competitive advantage. 
Another reason surf parks might want to make sustainability a priority is because of activist organizations. Just like I mentioned, the sustainability watchdogs. They will be watching, and some are going to look more closely than others, and each are going to have their own standards. And if you're not meeting those standards, then these activists, they can say that they're against surf parks, or worse, they're against your surf park. An additional note on why surf parks should make this a priority is some investor groups like BlackRock Investments, they're going to be looking through the lens of climate change to determine decisions on their investments. So that could impact whether or not you get your funding or not. One final note is that surfing brings a personal transformation to anyone who's involved with it. And even if people aren't near the beach, it doesn't mean that surfing is not going to help connect them to the ocean. And you don't need to live by the coast to be someone who defends the coast. As with most of the other presentations, it was really encouraged to work on sustainability early on in your planning process. And it was mentioned that developers need to prioritize sustainability through all facets of business operations and development, from approvals from municipality to the community and in local NGOs. And another thing you need to do is engage the watchdog groups to help bring your business to sustainability. Be proactive with it. Once again, as with some of the other recaps I've already posted, site selection is so important. And coastal regions are going to have more stringent guidelines regarding sustainability. And so you need to make sure to choose a site that is low impact. Now there was one opinion that surf parks should run entirely off of renewables. But this may also make good business sense because surf parks can look at a feasibility ROI analysis on on-site renewable energy and look at the incentives and or negotiate with your grid provider to have 100% renewable energy. And there are some legitimate options out there. So renewable energy should be a focus and it can be used as a regenerative process in the building of your surf park. And finally, one of the other things that they really encourage people to do is to get a sustainability certification. Now, what are some of the best practices for sustainability at your surf park? Well, first off, your surf park can be a sustainability showcase with how you handle all the different aspects of sustainability. You can really demonstrate to the world what it's like to have a good, sustainable business. And you don't want to just do the bare minimum. The idea that you plant a tree to replace one that you cut down, you want to go beyond that. And you want to use regenerative practices within your landscape to store carbon, maybe designing on-site solar. You want to empower your site to go beyond the minimum. Some other best practices are good site selection. Are you looking at a site that's infill or brownfield? You want to look at green building practices through your architectural design. You want to use sustainability construction practices and materials. Additionally, assess the life cycle analysis for those materials and the equipment that you're going to use. As for instance, your pool liner can be from recycled plastic from the ocean. And maybe look at an end of use life cycle for a fully recyclable liner or other. And your furnishings, you want to try to source them locally from sustainability and upcycled sources. You want to try to have a zero water footprint and you want to look at your storm water runoff and waste reduction and management. You want to strive for zero waste and absolutely do not contribute to plastic pollution. No one-time use plastics. Additionally, you want to reduce emissions. 
or offset emissions with high quality verified carbon offset projects. You want to do your best to reduce your energy usage or use renewable energy. Maybe you could produce it on site or source renewable sources through the grid or use explore passive solar. You want to use food and beverage from local sustainable suppliers, sourcing responsible goods for your food and beverage and retail sectors. Additionally, form backward linkages in local agricultural systems that are sustainable. Localize your supply chain. You may want to look at alternative transportation infrastructure. And for your surf lagoon, you want to reduce chemical treatments. And also for your lagoon, you want to make sure to provide a safe and inclusive experience for all skill levels. You want to build sustainable local livelihoods and support your local community and conservation initiatives. You may want to use locally relevant arts and crafts, celebrating the local culture and weaving them into the fabric of design and operations on site and integrate the local cultural heritage alongside the local surf. Finally, you want to teach ocean stewardship values through your trained surf guides and staff. Now, if you put all of these together, it can be quite powerful. Now, some other ideas to consider is that many surf park surfers see themselves taking their experience from your surf park and using it in the ocean. Now, if the ocean wasn't there, would their desire to improve and take their skills to the ocean, would that diminish? Now, what happens when you suddenly have a bunch of people excited to get into the ocean? Is there going to be overcrowding? How is your surf park going to impact the local surf spots? And what is a surf park's responsibility to the ocean? You want to go beyond just riding a wave. You want to build a park into something that is more than just fun. And can your park be a tool to help conservation? Should surf parks use their customer experience to get the sustainability message out regarding conservation of the coast? Support for this can be done vocally through funding or awareness or organizational support. You can create links to conservation organizations. Chapters of conservation leagues could be exclusively at your surf park. Maybe your surf park could be a sister lagoon to an ocean break. You could create awareness to actual local breaks and ecosystems and create a new demographic and geography of people interested in conserving coastal resources. And lastly, there was a really good quote that was mentioned that your surf park may be taking surf out of the ocean, but you can put conservation back into the ocean. And I really like that. And finally, I want to recap that surfing just does something to you. It can be personally transformational to be involved in it. And as mentioned earlier, even if your people aren't near the beach, it doesn't mean that they aren't connected to the ocean and you don't have to live by the coast to be the person to defend it. And so this is a great opportunity for surf park guests to have a deeper, more meaningful experience that links them to real world places, real causes, real people, and real ecosystems. And finally, one more thing to note, Moore's Law indicates that prices for renewable energy will drop and so it only makes sense to make this a significant part of your surf project. Now, if you like this information, you found it helpful, please like it, share it, comment, and follow my channel. Or if you'd like to join a surf park mastermind group, click the link in the description below and I'll make sure to put one together. And together, we can build barrels all over the world. Thanks again for dropping in. I'm kicking out. See ya.